Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Well, we've reached our official one-year anniversary as a show. Everybody said we couldn't do it. We, we did it. We proved them wrong, all the haters. Uh, and we're hitting one year just as teams are gearing up for the postseason. We will discuss some of the generational bigs currently battling for positioning in the MVP race, eventual awards with 11-year NBA vet, current Bucks color analyst, Marcus Johnson on today's episode. I'm Jack O'Brien. And I'm Jabari David. And this is Miles Miles and and or Jack Got Mad Boosties. A three-pointer. Bang! Steph Curry from downtown again! Giannis with the take. Uh Uh-oh, look out. No showtime. What you got, Giannis? That's right. The next time you hear this show next week, Miles should be back from paternity. Uh, And I will be gone. Uh, This is not like Love Below speaker box situation. My kid's spring break just lines up with the end of uh, paternity leave. But you you can start spreading the rumors. But Marcus Johnson, thank you so much for joining us on our one year anniversary show. Big fan of your work, big fan of just your career, big fan of Raymond uh, from White Man Can't Jump. Uh, we, we were rewatching scenes today and wondering how the hell you are not a famous action star right now. I, I have to assume that is by your choice or the director's just messed up because, man, you are you are great on camera. But thank you for joining us. Hey, man, look, I, I'm honored to be a part of this one-year anniversary show, Mad Boosties. I love the name. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so thanks for having me. And, yeah, you know, we had a good time doing the movie. Uh, I did some other stuff after that, but nothing ever approached the popularity of that character, Raymond Dickens, based, yeah. on, based on a true, true story about a guy by the name of Reggie Harding, who was one of the oh. first uh, high school to pros players from, from the Detroit area back in the early 60s. So. Uh, a whole lot of 
in-depth background about that character that a lot of people aren't aware of. Yeah. I think I read that you have worked on a, or have a screenplay about the well, screenplay and look, yeah. you know, um, the, just the research was fascinating. I talked to everybody from Dave Bing to Bob Lanier to some guys from the ABA days, uh, Freddie Lewis, uh, a guy from the old, uh, Midwestern league by the name of MC Burton, who's actually a doctor now was in med school when he played basketball in the Midwestern league, which is a semi-pro league back in the day. Uh, Ray Scott was the first African-American to be coach of the year in the NBA in the mid-70s with the Pistons. He was a teammate of Reggie Harding. Yeah. And, you know, so it was just fascinating doing the research and talking to all these guys about the history of the league. And Rod Thorne was another guy who was a teammate of Reggie's. And then this character, wow, Reggie yeah. Harding, and, um, you know, heroin and the, and, the, and the siren call of the streets were his undoing. But he was given a business to both Wilt and Bill Russell, man, back in the day. Oh. Red, Arba, Red Arbeck said he would be one of the top you know, five centers in a couple of years, uh, right when he came out of high school and got to the NBA. But uh, unfortunately, uh, the drug addiction, the heroin, and and the lure of the streets, the pimps, the gangsters, the hustlers, all that stuff that that he idolized uh, took precedent over his development as a basketball player. And I think I saw you say that the detail of, you know, your character in White Man Can't Jump, Raymond, sticking people up, but being, you know, somebody who hangs around there and is like six, eight, uh, seven well, feet. He was. He's seven oh, feet. Oh, he's he was a full step. Yeah, and he was seven foot. <laughs> and they're like, "Come on, Reggie, not again, man, not again." <laughs> You're the not only again. seven foot person I know. Right. And um, Reggie's like, "No, this ain't me. This ain't me. <laughs> this ain't me." So you really did pull that scene directly from his life. Y- yes, they pulled that directly from. That was one of the first folklore tales that they would tell you back in the seventies when you got to the league. They tell you the story about Reggie Harding and. And the, and the ski mask robbing the liquor store at seven feet. And, the, you know, this ain't me. And so that was one of the first things that you heard. And it was funny back in the day. It's a funny story. But when you look at the background and do a little bit more digging in terms of his history, it's actually a sad story. He wound up getting shot on the streets of Detroit, I think, at about 30 mm. years old, oh, 1972. Man. And so the same, so same streets that he couldn't get away from that, that derailed his career wound up uh, leading to his undoing. Spent time in prison, Jackson Prison. In Michigan for two or two or three years for armed robbery and a bunch. He was robbing a bunch of dope houses where he would buy dope, and oh, uh, mm, they got, they got to the point where they got so pissed off at him because they knew it was him, seven feet with a ski mask. That uh, he came up to a dope house to, house to rob it, and uh, two shotgun blasts hit him in both legs, and he was hospitalized. Wow. Uh, just a crazy, crazy life that uh, wow, colorful, crazy life that uh, crossed paths with a lot of great, great uh, NBA all timers. So it's really a fascinating story. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Somebody needs to buy that screenplay post haste. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean it's appropriate, like that that you're on uh, our anniversary episode. You you are somebody who still can dunk and boost. you know, so you still have the mad boosties that you had in your career. I still have the same ability to dunk that I had in my career, uh, mm. which is which is none. Um, I was net, but I can still, I think, touch the bottom of the net. Uh, so uh, we, in that way, we are similar. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I, can, you, can you talk about that? Like you, you dunk, is it every, every year on your birthday, you get oh, out Jos- there? And- my son, Josiah, king of NBA Twitter. Yes, we should say that. King Josiah, he, he brought the idea to me the year that Blake Griffin jumped over the Kia. Oh, I yeah. About, I was about 54, like 55 years old at the time. And, you know, could dunk really easily back then. 
And so we could buy, we got some matchbox cars or something. Um, you know, I jumped over one to, to, to you know, I'm doing the same thing, Blake, I'm going to jump over a car. Yeah. And that kind of, that created a monster. So every year after that, I'm 67 now. So for the last 13 years, every year, he's like, come on, Dan, we got to do it. We got to do it. I'm like, Joe, Joe, I don't know. I mean, I, I, only, I only dunk once a year on my birthday, <laughs> around my birthday. I never tried any other time. So I don't know if I could do it or not. And I uh, yeah. got, some, got some hip issues. So this year was a little, you know, a little challenging, but uh, I was able to pull it off and uh, we got it done. So, uh, but that next year, I'm not sure. I may have a hip replacement done by that time. So this may, this may have been the last one, but it's been fun. It, it, what it does is, man, it keeps me in shape, keeps me working out, gives me something to shoot for, a goal to shoot for, to stay in, stay in reasonably good shape at 67 years old. So I work out six times a week, uh, six days wow. a week. and I mean, nothing, you know, like an hour and 10 minutes, nothing crazy, but just enough to, to stay in reasonably good shape. So it, it, it's been the impetus for that. So that's been a good thing, good positive behind it. Hey, well, I give you credit because uh, you're doing something at 66 that I, I wasn't able to do at 36. So yeah. <laughs> more power to you. Appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, let, let's talk about the current NBA, the purported subject of, the, of this podcast. Uh, you get an up-close and personal look at uh, the Bucks and... I feel like they are a lot of uh, smart people's pick for for the title this year. There's actually an interesting conversation happening around Giannis with uh, Isaiah this week. I'm not sure if you if you saw this. No, I haven't. Tell me about it. Well, actually, it's from earlier in the year. It was basically okay. sur- it was surrounding the conversation with Giannis, where people were saying. He might struggle in the 80s. He would come off the bench in the 80s or 90s or whatnot. Charles Oakley in particular. Charles yeah. Oakley in particular. And, and Zeke, you know, the, to his credit, I'll paraphrase it. He basically was saying, hey, guys, you guys need to be quiet because he would dominate in the 80s. We've never seen anything like him come into our league. Uh, you know, and, and, and basically he's one, of, he's one of the quote unquote old heads that definitely shows love. So I'm interested. In how do, where do you, you see him up close and personal. You've seen him, you know, for the the bulk of his career, definitely you know the the great moments. How do you think Giannis would fare? No man, I mean, greatness transcends eras, and traits sure. will figure out how to excel in different eras, and and that goes both ways. And so you know, people talk about how we couldn't have played in today's NBA from the eighties and nineties, and then guys from, from even seventies. I mean, but the great players. Would figure things out with me. They like to point to my three point field goal percentage. Well, I, that's why I like cleaning the glass because they they don't count heaves and in the quarter shots and all that. <laughs> Bulk of my stuff was in the shot clock, in the quarters, uh, those types of threes. And so you know, but but you know, if I'd have worked on a three point shot, I'd shoot 38 percent. I, I know that hands down. But but with Giannis, that yeah, that bugs me. Now now people are coming around. Charles Barkley calls him the greatest player on the planet. So that that that's a a definite mm-hmm. uh, feather in Giannis's cap to have that happen. I mean, I remember James Harden coming out and saying he wishes he was seven feet and all he had to do was dunk. Giannis <laughs> is an acquired taste. Yeah. And, mm. and um, you know, watching him when I first got to the Bucks eight years ago, he was coming off a season where he averaged about 16 a game, seven, eight rebounds. I didn't know if he would be a solid NBA player for the next 10 years at that time, 18, 19, topping out at that. Or would he be an all-star? I certainly didn't think he would be this 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 transcendent player who would be a two-time MVP that would drop a 50-piece in a closeout finals game. I didn't think that. I didn't 
It just didn't look like he was on that trajectory in terms of his um, his skill package and uh, just, just didn't look like he was going to be that kind of a guy. But that's where his background, his motivation, his inspiration, his diligence to, to working out, his, his, his desire to be the best. That's where all that comes into play. And I saw that early. I saw, yeah. him, have great, I saw him have great games and I'd see a, a shadowy figure after he had, he'd had a great game and we won. Uh, running through a crowd of people at uh, right after the game in, in, in ten degree below weather in Milwaukee, and I'm thinking to myself, who is that crazy brother right there with the t- <laughs> with the t shirt and the and the cut off sweats? What is he doing? Then I look closer, man, that's Giannis. Where the hell is he going? Watch him. He's going to the practice facility across the street to work on his free throws, wow. and, and and it's genuine. It's not, that's just who. Forty plus point games. We have a flight to another city that night on a team plane. He's sitting in the back of the plane with uh, Sean Sweeney, the assistant coach at the time for the Bucks, uh, going over film and video in terms of what he could have done better, even though he just dropped 40 points on that opponent that night. That's Giannis. I mean, and so um, he could have played in any era. He is such a unicorn is the popular way of describing a guy like him. Think about it. He's seven feet, 250, so he's strong enough to kind of withhandle, uh, withstand the pounding uh, back in the day. But he's also got this, his, his separator is this handle. He's able to get to where he wants to go with his ball handling like no other seven-footer. I'm trying to run my mind through the course of history to think if there's been a seven-footer that could handle like he could. Now, that's also, he's been a uh, product of his era because it's been encouraged for, and it's the European kind of mm-hmm. influence in the, in the NBA and the American game, big men shooting outside shots. Back in the day, if you were a Jim McDaniels from, Western Kentucky, who averaged 30 a game in college, you get to the pros, you're soft because you shoot jumpers at seven feet. My mm-hmm. teammate at UCLA, Richard Washington, the most outstanding player in the NCAA tournament in 1975, 28 against Louisville, 28 against Kentucky. Great jump shooter, 6'11". He got to the league, you're soft. Get your big <laughs> inside. Pound it, pound it inside. That's, that's for the small forwards and guards to shoot the jump shots. So it's a different era, and so there is a more, more of, a, of a premium put on big men the stretch four that can knock down jumpers. So that, that, that helps him. But, you know, he just knows how to play, how to score. His finishing is so much better than I've ever seen it before this year. But his ability to handle the ball, to get to his spots, and he studied defenders and knows how to attack angles and, and body position to draw fouls. And even though he's shooting 65, 66% from the free throw line, a lot of guys would back off and get into the free throw line because of that. He embraces the challenge and gets to the free throw line even more. Probably shoot more yeah. free throws this season than he's ever shot. So that's his mindset. It's just different, which I think would transcend any era yeah. and, and lead to his success. You know, as a current Sixers fan and one time Ben Simmons fan, like that was something I always admired about Giannis is there was just no no fear, no matter what the last trip to the free throw line was, it didn't enter his mind. He has that like Tom Brady strategically short memory and just, you know, Uses it to his advantage. Yeah, without question. So bringing it to this era, and I'm taking nothing away from you know any area prior to this. I'm not one of those you know you know folks that says, oh you know yesteryear's players couldn't play. I would love to see it because I think I like you. I think greatness it will translate regardless. But it was the coach's fault. They were the ones telling everyone that a three point <laughs> shot was a terrible <laughs> shot the whole time. The, yeah. And then they like slowly by slowly figured it out. And the players yeah. got their game up to, yeah, now, now yeah. it's just a layup. Well, but, I remember Rick Patino was the first guy I heard saying, and this is probably 
mathematically not exactly precise, but Rick Pitino used to <laughs> say, well, he'd say, you know, a three-point shot, if shooting, you know, 10, three, 10 shots and you make four threes, you know, or six, four threes is equivalent to six twos or whatever. So 40% mm-hmm. of twos is like uh, shooting 60% from the three-point line because of the point value. And that's, yeah. you know, that's the first time it kind of registered in my mind that, hey, that's a good point. You don't have to shoot a, a great field yeah. goal percentage. And then effective field goal percentage got introduced. That was in yeah. the 90s. We started talking about that when I was with Seattle and Terry Stotts and, and George Carl. And that was an interesting stat, true, true shooting percentage and effective field goal percentage. And the value of that extra, you know, point that you get from the three-pointer. Uh, and now... Um, Fast forward to today, and now we're shooting with the Bucks like over forty threes a game. There's a bunch <laughs> of teams over forty threes a game, which is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. coming up watching you know watching the other game in the eighties and nineties, I I never anticipated us being here. But to that point, you know, we were told you know about five years ago, or or maybe even a decade ago, that the big man was gone. That you know there was no more no more great big men or anything or, or something along those lines. That was the general conversation, which it wasn't even true then. But now you have guys like obviously we've been you know we've been you know discussing Giannis. You've got Embiid. You've got Jokic. You got AD. You got you know Miles Turner. There are literally bigs all throughout the league. So I'm gonna throw something out there, and you can call me crazy. That's okay. I'm usually the crazy man. I think this era of bigs is just as good as it's ever been. Even with the focus of the game, you know we like to present it as its exterior game, or at least outside in as opposed to inside out. But Given the range in, in actual ability of the modern big, I think this crop is just as good as it ever has been. Well, that's, that's an interesting assertion. And it's almost like you got a bunch of Tim Duncans out there. You know, you got mm-hmm. a bunch of mobile, seven foot, yeah. good shooting, um, not straight back to the basket, can go down there, do some work if they need to. But it, it, it's so interesting how so many teams, like the, the Kings and, and, and Sabonis, I mean, they run their offense through these elbow touches. Even Draymond Green, who's not really the the prototypical big, but still, you know, he's 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 in their in their in their lineup. They run everything through them as as the fulcrum for what they do offensively. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking now. I'm just kind of in my mind's eye, trying to trying to you know, rattle off all the bigs in recent years and kind of what they did, Kevin Garnett and some of these other guys. Uh, when I think of the bigs, and I throw Kevin Durant in that equation from from sheer size alone, Giannis, uh, Jokic, you mentioned all these names. And, you know, yeah. Let me tell you, Embiid. One year, one year he was hurt, and I forgot if it was a nasal fracture. I forgot what it was going on with him, but he was out for for an extended period. So we're in Philly, and I'm watching his 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 uh, routine before the game. He's not going to play that night. So they're putting him through a real hard, rigorous routine before the game. He knocks down literally like, like about 12 threes, just coast to coast. Dribble down the one three-point line, swish. Dribble back down to the other three-point line at the other end, swish. Dribble back down. It was just amazing watching the accuracy of the, and, and, and how he shot the ball at his massive 7'2", yeah. size. Yeah. And the fluidity. You know, he's playing. Mm. He's, and I, I always say these guys at that size, they play like they're six, 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 seven. Bobby Portis for us. I mean, the way yeah. he shoots and plays and moves, you don't think of him as like 6'10", 250. <laughs> and that's the difference between now and back in, in, in the 80s in my day and even years after that. Some guy with, some guy with that size would, would automatically be pigeonholed and discouraged yeah. from expanding his game. Now they actually work on the expansion yeah. of your offensive skill package. So that, that plays a lot into it also. All right. We are going to take a quick break. 
We're going to come back. We only have Marcus for another 10 minutes. So we're going to come back. We're going to get right into the fastest segment in podcasting, the rapid fire round of questioning. Uh, so we'll do that first. And then Jabari and I'll stick around and BS a little bit. Uh, but we will be right back for rapid fire in act two, because it's a special anniversary episode. We'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. And we're back. And Marcus, you just got to give the first thought that comes out of your mouth <laughs> into your brain. Oh boy. Doesn't matter if it's dumb, you know, just whatever. It can be wrong as long as it's fast. Um, and we will. Uh, be very slow and uh, not fast on our end, but that's okay because that that is our prerogative as hosts of this show. Okay. But are you are you ready for the rapid fire round of questioning? We shall see. All right, um, Jabari, do you want to do you want to? All right, start the clock. Let's go. Uh oh, Mark, the clock has started. Each year you put, and we and we spoke to this a little bit earlier, but I, I have a twist for you. You know how you post a video that you know that shows that you can still dunk, and I like you know, like I said, it's impressive each and every time. Related to that, 
Do you have a favorite dunk of your career, or was there a player that you always wanted to, you know, to, to meet at the rim that you didn't get a chance to? Yeah, so anyway, so we're playing against the Lakers. There's a scrum under the basket for the ball. Kareem is right behind me. I bend down, pick the ball up, and off of Burt, jump up in the air. Kareem jumps to block it. I dunk it back. Like wow. It's a, it's a reverse dunk on Over Kareem. Kareem. Over Kareem. Yes, indeed. And a friend of mine got a great shot of it on a slide that I just I can't find to save my life. I know it's I know it's in my stash somewhere. I gotta find that slide because he's got it, he got it right at the perfect moment. Me about a foot over the rim, Kareem trying to block it and uh getting ready to reverse jam on it. <laughs> All hey, right. The greats get gotten at times too. <laughs> yes, indeed. You have the number one pick next year. You're you're an NBA GM. You have the number one pick, so you basically can draft Victor Wembanyama if you want. And you have just learned that every NBA team is willing to trade you a single player for that number one pick. <laughs> do you do it? And if so, who do you choose? I'm almost I'm verging on saying besides Giannis because Giannis seems like kind of that, that's my answer at least. But is there? <laughs> Is there a player besides Giannis that you would trade Wembyama for? Yeah, Wembyama for straight up. Embiid. Yeah, Joel Embiid. Okay. Joel Embiid, okay. man. If I can, Giannis and Joel Embiid. All, all due respect to Brooke Lopez, but man, if, if I can get Joel Embiid, <laughs> Brooke's my backup center. I'm sorry, Brooke, but I love you. I'm yeah. sure you would understand. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd be cool with that. Yeah. All right, keep it going. If you could bet on any fan base, and, and you you know you see the fans, you see the arenas, you see what they you know, what they're capable of. But if you could bet on any fan base to make the in arena challenge shots, that's the layup, the free throw, the three pointer, and the half court shot, which fan base would you bet on? Ah, uh, I don't know. The, the Knicks. I don't know why. Don't ask me what. Knicks always have been a, a team that whose fans are knowledgeable. So I would hope that. Some of that knowledge would extend to some skills, you know what I mean? So they that have translates to the in arena challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I've always loved playing for the Knicks. Funny story with the Knicks. I know this is a speed round, but 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 when I first learned about gambling, I think we were up by a certain amount of points, and the Knicks scored to cut it to three, and the crowd just erupted. And I told Ernie Grunfeld, "It's like two seconds on the clock. They're losing. Why are they cheering?" He's like, the, point, the point spread was the point spread was four. Or something, you know? Right. Like, okay. It. Just a bunch of people run into the OTB <laughs> immediately after the yep. game. Happy, yeah, man. Happy, happy. Uh, New York, <laughs> best city in the world. All right, what's the best NBA city based solely on the food? Oh, man. Uh, best NBA city based solely on the food would have to be uh, Chicago's kind of tough to be. Oh, okay. Chicago. All Chicago, right. We've been to some really, they do a thing called break bread uh, nights with the Bucks where the team has these team dinners, and I've been fortunate. Enough to get in on a couple of them in Chicago is always uh, outstanding in terms of uh, the restaurants that they choose. All right. So this one is appropriate because like your boosties, I'm also jealous of your Chris Caroline at the, at your age. So Jalen Rose recently said that men should be spending a minimum of $100 on a haircut. And, you know, while that might be a little bit steep for, you know, my taste as a podcaster, uh, what's the, <laughs> what, what is the single item or routine maintenance that you're willing to pay top dollar? Uh, I mean, I, I I gave my barber sixty yesterday. You know, I usually oh. give him fifty, okay. but he kind of he kind of fit me in with the crowd in the mid afternoons, and I, you know, I didn't want to ask him for ten dollars change, so I just left him with sixty. So, and that's a lot. You know, back in my day, ten, twenty, I was paying my son Mariah to cut my hair twenty dollars a shot. Now he's charging forty. So, but, but 50, <laughs> so fifty, sixty is kind of like my limit. I yeah. remember being able to go to the you know go to the shop with fifteen bucks and yeah. leave a tip. 
with, you, with that extra. Yeah, no more. They look at you like you're crazy now. One quick follow-up. Is Jalen's hairline too good to be true? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going <laughs> on with Jalen's hairline. I've heard some stories, you know. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think his sister came out and said a couple of things about it. But whatever it is, Jalen Rose is one of the all-time classiest guys I've ever been around. Yeah. Uh, what he's doing in Detroit. And, and every time I see him, just on a personal level, it's just great interaction. We talk about, you know, we talk about, you know, Kyrie and his situation. We talk about real stuff mm-hmm. and he keeps it real. And just, um, I, mean, I just love Jalen Rose to death. And during the All-Star game in Oakland back in the early 2000s, I think the Vince, Car- the Vince Carter Dunk All-Star game, they wouldn't let me in, like the players party. Uh, gave me a oh. hard time about getting in. All of a sudden Jalen shows up. It's like, hey, this dude's a legend. Come on, legend, you with me. Walk wow. me, right, me right on in, you know. That's so, so cool. uh, I, I love him for the rest of my life. I had, I had about three or four ladies with me, you know. You know and yeah. that, so. <laughs> <laughs> that made it even sweeter. Whatever he's doing with the hairline works. It I, works. Think, hey, I think it's, it's, a, it's a work, it. work of art. Um, yep. All right. You can take any former Milwaukee Buck and pair him with Giannis. Which former player would you like to see him play with? Oh, man. Kareem, hey, I mean, that's Kareem is obvious. That's not fair, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is yeah. the right answer. <laughs> you know, I, I was at Oscar, but Oscar was kind of past his prime at that time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ray Allen, I think, was a w- w- would be a good pairing, but Ray kind of came into his own pre uh, post Milwaukee days with, with the Celtics and then with Miami. But, uh, you know, it's some, some, some good options there. All right, last question, and this is probably the most important. Are you, re- are you ready? I want to make sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Jack or Jabari? Jabari. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Hey, straight yeah, to the yeah, point. Yeah. No, that's cool. I get it. He, 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 know, he, know, he, he knows our people. You know, usually with most guests, it doesn't completely devastate me, but I'm not going to lie. This one hurts. Yeah, well, no, but here's Jack. Here's the reason why. Because I, I just did a uh, interview for a documentary they're doing on Giannis and Dedekumpo, uh for, for an hour or so, but in the course of my research for that for that interview, I, I looked at Giannis's scoring stats from one year, and Jabari Parker averaged twenty points a game that year. <laughs> the year he hurt his knee, averaged yeah. twenty. It just kind of made me sad. You know what I mean in terms of what, yeah. what what it could have been. So that 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 name Jabari was fresh on my mind. So I think it was more yeah. of a knee, a knee jerk than any, any cool. anything to do with quality. I'll send you some uh, Jack Sigma stats uh, a little bit later on. I'll take that simply <laughs> vote right here. Thank you very it's much. All good. It's all good. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for, for doing the show. Truly oh, yeah. a legend. Uh, Jalen Rose was right. This has been a blast. Uh, where can people find you, hear you, all that good stuff? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, old school, uh, 888, I think. Instagram, the same thing. And, uh, you know, on uh, League Pass, watch some book games and Check us out this year. I think this will be our year. I feel really good about our depth. We got some of the deepest lineup in the league in terms of shooting. The, I was having a conversation with Steve Novak yesterday about is this one of the best all-time shooting teams, 1 through 12, in the history yeah. of the game. And, mm. and you know, got to look at that. So that's going to help us. All right. Well, Marcus Johnson, thank you so much. Uh, All right. What thank a pleasure. All right, Jack Jabari, thank you. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about some great performances from the week. 
Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. And we're back. And, um, you know, I've never had to do an entire segment of this show after losing uh, the... <laughs> had to go home to the wife and kids with my tail between my legs, but I've never had to actually show up for these fans so they can hear the defeated man that I am for 24 hours after, after I lose a Jack or Jabari, but you have to love his ability to, to, to play that game and say like, Oh, well, you know what it really was about? Jack. He like, he, he yeah. was on it. He was quick. Oh man. You can tell yeah. he's, he's been a dad for many years. Because he, yeah. He, he made it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I just, I actually it. like you both equally. I just picked it at yeah. random, but that, you know, uh, please stop crying. It's making me uncomfortable. Uh, Brian, please cut that part out where he says, please stop crying. It's making me uncomfortable. And then I ball and call him dad and say, thanks a lot, dad. Uh, me. yeah, I just think it made him look bad. Um, yeah, I mean, for, yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to come back with the mad boosties, great performances of the week. Um, what a week the Lakers fans, are on the Reeves train. <laughs> Austin Reeves. I, I'm hearing, you know, I, I have a lot of Lakers fans in my life living out in Los Angeles. And I am hearing every time this man puts the ball in the basket from a Lakers fan. You get you guys are excited about this this young man. Speak speak to it. You know, I, I look at it like this. Every fan base is going to be happy about you know like a, you know a, a secondary guy. And when I say that I mean no shade whatsoever. But 
not necessarily a star or a guy that was expected to carry you at the most important, you know, the most important juncture of your of your uh, you know season. And he's done that. You know, he's he's a reserve guy that has stepped into a role with obviously with LeBron being out these last nine games or so, and he's played incredibly well. From the Lakers, you know, fans, you know, side of things, I do recognize we go overboard, and there's a lot of us, so it seems like we're overdoing it with the love, but it's really just a matter of fans of a struggling fan base that are looking for something to be happy about. Be under a minute to play. Reeves, here he goes on its way. Reeves has it again. Austin Reeves, he is clutch right now. Austin Reeves is taking over the game. I was going to ask what draft class he was, and uh, he is was not drafted. Was not drafted. But uh, 2021, yeah, that's the best. When you just have somebody who you weren't counting on who comes through. He always looks a little bit surprised when he does something awesome on the court. Um, so like, it's a lot of fun. Did you see that? Newark's own. And by Newark, I mean Newark, Arkansas. Yes. <laughs> I, love when a, I love when a state in America is just like, yeah, we're we have Paris, Texas. We're, <laughs> you know, Cincinnati, Missouri, or like, yeah. you know, Paris, just, California. Yeah. 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 All the Parises are out of control. Um, Giannis, I've, I've heard just about enough of, about this Giannis fellow, but um, hmm. just making it look easy with a 22, 13, 10. Uh, nine of nine from the floor, one of one from deep, went over the Raptors. Really solid pro career, I think, with Portland, the Timberwolves. But once again, look at this zone. There's a soft spot inside. Take it, Giannis. Get it to the elbow and work from there. What more can you say about Giannis? This is, you know, <laughs> that hasn't already been stated. But really, at this stage, it really doesn't matter if he wins the MVP because, again, I'm just reiterating it. He's the best player in the world. Yeah. And he sh- and he goes out and he proves it on a nightly basis. I wish the MVP conversation was over because I I honestly think it's going to either be Jokic if people who you know are on the 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 majority of NBA writers who have a vote that was just the default, or it's going to be Giannis and all the focus on Embiid and then I don't I don't want Embiid to like wear himself out. I mean he's been saying all season that. You know, this isn't important. The thing that's important to him is getting to the third round, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. So we'll see about that. But I just, I want it to be over, Jabari. I completely understand that. And I'll be honest with you. I give these guys credit for being able to compartmentalize like that because I'll be straight up. If I were Embiid, I would be like, nah, this is my year. And I will win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I give him credit. For, Why not you know, Keeping both? his eyes okay, exactly. <laughs> Why not both? I mean, we might as well talk about Joel Embiid became the first Sixers player to score 30 plus in nine straight games. I was surprised by that, that that yeah. was the first time. And, and that's no shade whatsoever. But for whatever reason, I, I didn't anticipate that being the first time that it happened. I mean, I guess we should talk about the MVP conversation because you had a text to Miles and I. We mm-hmm. still we still have the group text thread going uh, where you said after after one of these nine straight 30 point games, game winning shot at the end i think it might have been the blazers game i forget I so. um you said a couple more like that and he's gonna put himself in the mvp conversation <laughs> in the conversation like he's not even in like that most of the conversations i hear include him they're not like and maybe if this Embiid kid could put a couple games together he might be i think there's still pe- there's people who think he might be in the conversation Oh, if you ask the Sixers fan, he's you know he's he's leader of the pack. Okay, but all no, right. No, no, jokes aside, that was a little <laughs> bit tongue in cheek, but really it was, yeah. it was kind of what you were what you alluded to earlier. 
where so much of the conversation has been, okay, it's Jokic or or someone else, and you know, deservedly so. It's been Giannis in that in that role, but I think Joel. I'll just say it definitively. I think Joel Embiid has every opportunity to win this award. You know, as those other two guys. I think I'm going to say it definitively. I think he has a shot at the All Star team. He uh, might do that. He might be able <laughs> to make that. You heard of him? Pretty good. They need to. They just need to catch. I mean, I, I guess it. With regards to his MVP candidacy, it's it would be nice for them. I think he has a real shot if they catch Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they I already passed Boston. They they need to catch Milwaukee if they want to make it out of the second round because they're not getting by Boston. Uh, at least not Boston with like at full strength, which they would be in the second round. So they need to catch Milwaukee, and I'm I'm assuming that's where some of this urgency is coming from because they're playing at a at the highest level they've been playing at at a time when. I feel like a lot of other teams are kind of hitting the doldrums a little bit. Um, they they seem pretty locked in. Yeah, I was going to say if look if I'm a Sixers fan, which you know that I'm famously not, but if I'm a Sixers fan, I'm, feel, I'm feeling pretty <laughs> famously. Good. I'm feeling yeah. pretty good. I am shocked that they haven't just lost a bunch of games in a row. But as we were looking over the schedule, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, here it comes the the Bulls game, which will have already happened. You, so you'll know if I'm right or wrong, listener. But. I was like the Bulls game. That's the game that they lose. Where like I'm feeling really good, and then they just drop a bewildering loss on me. But um, that is you guys dealt with enough of me being a, a self-loathing Sixers fan last week. So we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, Shay still doing it, man. Jeez. You know, let me go back and retroactively say you're right. And what I mean, what I'm referring to is. About midway through the season, we had this conversation about the most improved player. And while I do, th- I do obviously, for those same reasons, think that Laurie is probably a good candidate. The most improved player this year has been Shea, without right. So Cam's got to do this. Then that's no. the opening. Nearly turns it over. He does. Here comes the runout for SGA on the drive inside. Gets it at the horn and the foul to boot. And he fits in with the way that they've been giving the award out, which is person who becomes a all NBA caliber talent. Well, you know, it was Jot last year. And I, I feel like it's going to be, it, do the odds reflect that? This is it, honestly it, the first time I've It's gone back and forth. It. I think Shea is the leader right now, but like it, 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 was, Larkman, it, was, Laurie, it was Laurie for a while and, and they kind of hopped back and forth. I mean, Laurie makes sense because he like was much worse than Shea was last year, right? He was pretty good last year, but it was, was you know, it? It, it was it was a throwaway year because you know he basically got it. They I don't want to say they gave up on him. They decided to move on in Chicago. They dumped him, you know, to Cleveland. He has that year where you know it, he still looks pretty good, but we didn't anticipate this. It's and in particular when when they made the trade, it was okay. Well, Laurie might put up you know. 20 point nights, but they're not going to be in most of these games. And they've been right there, like all throughout. Yeah. I mean, but like Shea wasn't getting dumped in a trade last year. No, you know, exactly. Like that. Whereas Laurie, they were like, yeah, well, you know, we know what we have with this young man. Turns out not. I, I'm getting people ready for the return of Miles Gray. What's in this young man? Um, the Grizzlies are maybe putting some things back together. Uh, had seven players in double figures, led by Jaron Jackson's 31, Desmond Baines 26 in a win over the Warriors. They're just, they're tough, man. They're, they're really like mentally, yeah. I just when know. I'm ready to write them off, they say, oh, okay, hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Guess They've what? won There's five a- of six. Yeah. 
coming close to catching the Kings, who are, so both of them are coming close to catching the Nuggets. Denver's been seven games out in front, I feel like, for the past few months. Six months. months. Yeah, (laughs) now it's... I mean, it's a, they're not they're not nobody's going to catch the Nuggets. I think they're they're winning again, but uh, you know they're four up in the West, and their point differential like they used to have a leading point differential. I feel like, and now they're that's kind of fallen back to earth. I think we we should probably have a Nuggets fan or person on over the next you know month or so. You know, Why would we playoffs. do that? Well, Why no, would we do that? Because I watch Nuggets games and I watch the action, but. You know how it's a little bit different when it's your squad. I, for the life of me, can't figure out. When it was a week, I was like, okay, teams go through that. Then it was two weeks. And it's realistically been the best. Oh, so part you want to have them on and be like, what's wrong with you what's guys? What's wrong with you guys? Why do you like, suck? After they've had the best season in the history of their franchise. Yeah, basically. Like, All right, you can come on now. What's going on, guys? You don't look as good as you used to. You feeling all right? Explain you yourself. Right? Explain I think yourself. I still think they're probably doing the thing that every team seems to do other than like the Sixers seem to just be trying to power through to the end of the, of the season right now. Um, but Jokic doesn't care about the MVP uh, race. I, th- I think he cares about, you know, preparing for the postseason. There might be some resting going on and they, they do seem pretty comfortable with a four game lead over Sacramento and Memphis, but Memphis it's, it's good to have, it's good to have you back, buddy. Absolutely. You know? And then Dame, I just want to talk about this stat that you pulled. So, first player since Kobe in 0506 to have scoring games of 30 plus, 40 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus and 70 plus. This man is locked he's, in. He's a legendary scorer. I mean, it, it hasn't led to much, you know, to any wins really. <laughs> like like, right. like especially in the second half of the season, but Dame is, you know, I don't know where he's going to go down in the all-time. You know, everybody has a different top 50 or whatever the case may be. But Dame is going to be one of the greatest scorers, that the, especially at the guard position that the game has ever seen when it's all said and done. And yeah. you know what? A lot of people will, you know, make make light of the fact that he hasn't asked for a move and, you know, wants to stick around. At the end of the day, it is still going to be pretty damn impressive when you, you know, when you look at all of the, the accomplishments that he, you know, that he ends up with, regardless of whether he wins a title. Yeah, did we ever talk about that thing he said in the, uh, I think it was on a podcast to JJ Redick where he was just like, yeah, man, when I'm done playing basketball, I just go home and like play with my kids and enjoy my life. Have like a real I'm life. not trying to, yeah, which I thought was pretty cool and pretty refreshing. You just never, I think most players, whether it's true or not, are just too scared to say that because fans tend to deify these players who like, you know, were like he was so mentally off that all he yeah. cared about was losing and it it was emotionally devastating to him and it's like yeah or you could like have a have a good life and be happy and put up 60 and 70 in multiple games you know? I, I think that definitely helps his cause the fact that you you don't look at dame and say like oh he doesn't seem like he's giving it his all you know what I mean? Yeah, when he is never, there. So never. if anything, it's goals. Like to have that sort of balance, you know, life balance to be yeah. able to, you know, give it your all, you know, when you're there and obviously, you know, when you're training in preparation for it, but also be like, yeah, no, like, you know, let's go make pancakes, kids. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's time to go with our NBA broadcast call of the week. Nuggets home call on this putback dunk. Let's roll it. Easy shot. Jokic on the move. Puts it up. Oh, and Porter rocks the Casbah. <laughs> Joker puts his head 
but it was from Porter. Michael Porter Jr. Um, dunking, dunking it with his hand like parallel to his face, like up so high, which is always fun. People forget how tall he is, or where I forget how tall he is. People yeah, he's don't. Legit I do. 6'10". He's 6'10 <laughs> and, and just has a wet shot. Uh, so that, that was pretty cool. It was off a of Jokic miss. I'm just saying. He also dunked over Jokic's back. <laughs> yeah. He got posterized by his, by own his teammate. Um, and then the tweet of the week, uh, we got to give it to King Josiah, son of this week's guest. Response to Austin Reeves scoring a career high, utilizing Peter Weber's epic, Who do you think you are? I am celebration, which is what i'm thinking most of the day if you just like saw <laughs> what was going on inside my head it is this celebration so any t- it's like you it's, know it's one of the greatest sports celebrations of all time and I, I i absolutely mean that i'm not being hyperbolic it's one of the greats especially because i don't know if it completely makes sense but we know what he means and no also, it doesn't make the any way sense. he delivers it is just perfect <laughs> just perfect yeah so what a blast Absolutely. And then our Boosties listener of the week was Aaron Ann Mixie, who is super excited about Mikhail Bridges having the opportunity as a top option offensively. Um, hey, Aaron Ann, you and you and all of us, we're, we're psyched about this. She, w- she was actually seemingly feeling guilty that she says, I guess now I'm a Nets fan too. And I'm just going to say this for the record. While... I may have been a hardline. No, you have to have one team, you know, you know, fan in the past. The Lakers are my team, but I've got several other teams that I, you know, be, because a former Lakers are playing on them, or I just picked them up. I've got a, a bunch of teams that I can appreciate, and I think that's probably a healthier approach to NBA fandom. Yeah, it's like having a rescue dog, a rescue go. team. That's a thing that I am hardline. I think the whole thing of like you can't just adopt the town your new team i mean you know growing up and rooting for whatever team my dad was coaching obviously prepared me to just switch teams with the people i value but like i've really enjoyed the nba just following lebron around and rooting for whoever he's playing for assuming it's not playing against a team my dad was coaching Mm -hmm. and you know just just being a free agent and just uh, appreciating what is super exciting about the league. So I highly recommend it. If you're feeling because of some other famous sports guy podcasts that you're not allowed to switch teams or it's a safe space here at miles and Jack miles and or Jack got mad boosties. Um, so you're, you're always free to switch teams. I'd actually be interested to hear from boosties listeners like who who feel beholden to this like what are some teams that have tempted them where they're like oh man i wish i could root for that team they look so good like the miami heat looks fun to I, root I, for that team. I rooted for lebron when he was there but i still respect what what they do i still love eric spolstra jimmy butler like what what they do is super cool i just my heart does not feel you know I, I can't make myself a Heat fan, but <laughs> I respect it, it. must be a fun, fun ride to be a Heat fan. All right. I'm going to just throw this out there before we go. We're five years down the road and Joel Embiid is in the Miami Heat jersey. Or can you allow yourself then? Totally. Easily. I yeah, do it. If, I thought so. If, if he switched teams tomorrow, I'd do it. Like the, <laughs> oh, I was yeah. trying to give, you know, I'm not, yeah. Like runway. that's the thing. I feel like Sixers fans probably have a, have the wrong idea about me that I'm like this diet in the wool Sixers fan. Like I am a Sixers fan because 
that's who I was rooting for. And then my dad retired, but I got to, I was rooting for them like from Embiid's rookie year. And so, you know, but I'm a, I'm a mercenary. I'm a mercenary fan out here. And we're all free agents. Does make me, (laughs) I, I still have whatever that unhealthy fandom is where I feel physically ill when they don't do well. So I got that part, but I, I'm in no way like, you know, long-term cursed to be with a team which is which is a nice luxury i have so, is. all right well we did it we made it a year we jabari, did it, uh thank you so much for everything you've done man uh jabari one of the true great producers out there doing it um one of the great nba minds appreciate you appreciate you guys for listening to the podcast for a year and telling your friends about it and that, that's going to do it. We're going to be back for year two next week, uh, or at least some of us will be. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.